Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Hey everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of JA's Recipe for Success. I'm Laurie Salarulo, and I am your host. Uh, I am the proud CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida, where we teach students all about entrepreneurship, career readiness, and financial literacy, and what could be more important today than financial literacy. Uh, Our guest today is someone that I came to meet Recently, and since I am a lover of all things ice cream, I was immediately intrigued uh, by his background and his company and and also just some of the things that he's done, which you'll hear about in a minute. Uh, Please help me welcome Jonathan Tamara, the president of San Bernardo Ice Cream. And welcome and good morning, Jonathan. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Oh, well, it is my pleasure. So do you eat ice cream for breakfast? Uh, I have on occasion. I can't <laughs> lie. It, it has happened. It has happened. My my wife will tell you it was one of the top three reasons that uh, she agreed to marry me was ice cream. I could understand that. That's sure. fair. That would get me too. Yeah, um, it's, it's so, solid. What's that? I said it's solid. It's a solid reason. Solid reason. Um, and it, the fact that she might be supplied with ice cream for the rest of her life, right, is just a great thing. So right. <laughs> more fun. So tell us, because a lot of people may not know your story or know about San Bernardo. They've probably eaten your ice cream and didn't realize it was yours. Uh, so tell us a little story about um, the company. You know, not not too much, but a couple of things. Of course. And then who, until now at least, have been your biggest clients? So my dad started originally as an Italian ice manufacturer in Philadelphia. And then my parents decided it was kind of too cold up there. They moved down to Florida. Uh, they put their equipment in the back of a, uh, a, of an ice cream manufacturing facility. Uh, San Bernardo is actually a hundred year old Cuban dairy. And in the fifties when everybody came over and they set up little Havana and they sort of recreated all of the things uh, from home, you know, one of the things that they did is they started making San Bernardo ice cream. So the equipment went into the back of the man's uh, manufacturing facility. And shortly after my dad put everything in, they went bankrupt. And today it's hard enough to move manufacturing equipment. Back then it was nearly impossible. So my dad ended up buying the, uh, the assets and the equipment. And that was how we got into the specialty ice cream business. Wow. And you know, in the 70s and the 80s and everything, we had scoop shops all up along the Gulf Coast, all the way into New Orleans, across the street from the campus of Tulane. Like, we went all the way up the Gulf. We were in a few thousand grocery stores and all the markets back then that were a little more uh, Latino-centric in population. Obviously, the makeup of the country in, you know, 75 and 85 and going into the early 90s was different than it is, uh, you know, than it is today. So, so we had a lot of that. Um, and then uh, a company came in and bought the retail part of our company. Uh, and they converted our scoop shops over to their brand and took 
some of that stuff away. We became a behind-the-scenes company uh, in the early 2000s, and we had a non-compete. We weren't allowed to, to do anything with our name on it. So we do a lot of back-of-the-house stuff, uh, you know, like casinos and some kind of restaurants and things like that. Um, but we also very quietly became the largest uh, ice cream supplier to the cruise lines company in the world. So if any time in the last 25 years you've been on a Royal Caribbean or a Norwegian or a Holland America or any of those big major cruise lines, um, there's a very good chance that you've had our product. We've been Royal Caribbean's primary global supplier for the last 28 straight years. Wow. Well, you know, I, I think that's one thing people do eat a lot of on cruises is ice cream. So I'm they sure they all have. tasted it. So, so that, eat a lot of everything on cruises. <laughs> right. That's true. And they love the buffets on cruises. So that, of course, brings me to a question that I'm sure everybody is thinking as they hear this um, description of the company and your biggest clients is, okay, so there's no cruise industry right now. So how are you doing? How are you, what are you doing during this difficult time? Well, they weren't our only clients, um, but we are primarily a food service company. So it still did impact us because we do a lot of colleges and universities. We do a lot of stadiums. We do a lot of casinos. So all sort of in the same vein, because one of the things that was one of the first initiatives I did when I got here was we need to diversify from just being in cruise and we worked our way out into some of those other areas um and retail is not enough of our business that the retail boom that some of your more traditional consumer products companies experienced um was enough to offset that right. so uh and ironically uh, if you see the little sign behind me uh in the beginning of April, we launched a brand new plant-based brand called No Bowl, and it's in all the Whole Foods stores in Florida now. That was our kickoff. And so what should be the most exciting and dynamic time as my tenure as a president of the company, which is going on almost 10 years, wasn't. You know, I had these visions, like when my kids were little, my kids are all, you know, in their, in their teens and, you know, 11 and 15 now, um, but when they were little, my son in the little, in the cart in Publix would be like, he would always make me take him down the ice cream aisle. He'd always ask me, you know, where's daddy's stuff? And, you know, so in my head, there was always this scenario of taking my kids to that aisle and being like, there it is. And that never got to happen. So none of it was how our first initiative into retail into a major national chain played out. Right. Um, and instead of being, you know, the most exciting time and doing all these demos in all these stores and, you know, running around and meeting all these people and really having this interaction, be like, taste our product. You like it. It's right there. It's on set. And, you know, we're local and the whole thing. Didn't it was happen. none of that. It right. was, and don't get me wrong. We're still super excited about it. It's going really well. Um, we're having a lot of fun with it, but it's tempered because cruise, casino, college, I mean, it's all offset by that. So who would have thought right there you were, you, you diversified from the cruise industry to the college, you know, academic organizations and institutions, sports arenas, right? Thinking, well, I'm across all of these different right. industries, right. but who knew that large uh, audiences was going to be. Right. Like why, why would they ever close a Why would they ever close a casino? People want right. to gamble. 20, I mean, yeah, we do half a dozen really large casinos 
you know, just in Southern California and on the West Coast, as an example. Exactly. You right. know, so, so we didn't just we did all the right things, Jonathan. Yeah, and we even, you know, we even diversified geographically. Southern California, New York, New Jersey. Yeah, this, this so thing you, was really, we were the perfect COVID-19 small business punching bag. Southern yeah. California, New York, New Jersey, primarily food service, you know, cruise line. Like it just was just kind of. The perfect storm. It yeah. was. So, so, but you did all the right things as far as diversification, product lines, being across industries. You did all of the right things, you know, and as I always right. say, the best laid plans of mice and men, right? That's so absolutely. what, what have you done now to recover or what are you doing right. to pivot and recover um, and make sure that, that you stay in, in business to continue to rebuild? Well, so, so obviously one of the first things we did was we did, uh, and we're fortunate enough to be able to take advantage of the PPP. Um, and I know that that was a nightmare for a lot of people and it was not, it was not an easy process. Um, and it wasn't really designed for companies like us because it doesn't cover truck expense. It doesn't cover forklift and, and heavy equipment expense. Uh, and our utilities, for example, are an outsized portion of that 25% non-payroll cap. So right. when you get into those numbers, don't get me wrong, it helps. You know, but our, our first primary objective was how can I make sure that our employees are covered? I didn't want to get rid of anybody. I didn't want to uh, have to furlough people. I didn't want to have to cap their, you know, cut their salaries in half. I didn't want to do those things. I didn't want to do it for two reasons. One, we're a family-run business that's been around for going on 50 years. Some of these guys have been with my, you know, since with, with my dad for 25 and 30 years. Our average employee has probably been with us pretty close to a decade. They're not employees at that point. Right. You know, they're not numbers. They're not names on a piece of paper. You know, it's, you know, Lori, how's the family? Hey, you know, is your kid still playing AAU basketball? Well, you know, did, did your kid, kid go to college yet? Or, you know, oh my God, your first kid that went to college or, oh, I'm sorry you got divorced, but did it work out good for you? I mean, like it's, it, it's more than that. Because I don't want it to just be like, oh, thank you for coming into work today, Lori. I will see you tomorrow. I don't want to be that guy. But the second thing is, in order for the company and the brand to be successful, and for me on a personal level to be successful, the company has to be successful, right? I can't succeed if the company doesn't succeed. And the company can't succeed if I don't have good people that give it their all. And in order to do that, I have to demand, expect, and receive their best, right? You know, I demand effort. I demand accountability. You know, I need them to show up. I need them to do their best, not make mistakes, you know, be creative, et cetera, et cetera. And I demand that from them 24 7, 365. How could I then turn around in the midst of that kind of literally like apocalyptic flaming chaos is kind of how a lot of the average people looked at it and be like, well, you're out, you're out, you're out, you know. Right. I couldn't do that. So my primary objective was to make sure that they could go home knowing they're not going to lose their house, they could feed their families, and the company will be here when this gets through. Because if those three things happen, right, then everything else will work itself out. 
because yeah. if my employees know they're taken care of, they're going to keep working hard and they're going to know that I have them covered. And that builds the loyalty and trust that you need so that the other, when we, things get back to normal and I go back to wanting that 24 seven, 365, you know, to make this place home so we can really do great things. They're going to remember. And again, I didn't do it. So they remember it. I do it because it's right. Right. So, so what, so besides people, which of course we can't do anything with, with no, amazing people on our team, what, what else are in PPP? Of course. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, so I, uh, I don't mean, to, so I set out for weeks, like, okay, where can I find alternative revenue streams? Because you can't just magically find places to buy three gallon ice cream. So we're doing some box repacking initiatives where there's some people who need things, you know, that come in, you know, 40 in a box and we repack them four boxes of 10. And we're doing some, we, we've always done work with uh, some local not-for-profits, including the United Way. Um, and we're doing some additional work with them to help get food to, to some local sites in the community. Obviously, that's something that's a little more short term, but it's slivers. You're not going to replace Royal Caribbean overnight. Right. And then obviously the third, the, obviously, then the third thing that we did is we actually pivoted into the PPE space. And I know that lots of people do that and everybody's got a guy and, you know, lots of people are selling masks or whatever, but that's not why or how we ended up in it. And we're not looking at it as a side hustle. I got into it because the parts of our business that stayed open were prisons, hospitals, assisted living, nursing homes, and the ports, which were all places that were hotbeds for having, you know, potential right. access right. to the virus. Right. I needed to protect my employees. I can't send them out there and have them exposed. And I couldn't find stuff. I ended up having to buy sanitizer for $70 a gallon plus shipping. And then we had to go out and find the little plastic bottles to right. fill them in. By the time we were done, it was like $250 for three gallons. And, and it was a lot of work. And when you're trying to figure out how to do X and Y and Z for your business, Nobody has the time and the energy and the resources to be like, okay, by the way, how do I find gloves and masks and sanitizers? I just, I, I literally just got angry and I was like, forget it. No one should have to work this hard. And we went out and we started finding stuff. So if you were to walk through my warehouse right now, I have three or four sizes of sanitizer, two different kinds of masks, touchless thermometers, three sizes of gloves. We've sourced all kinds of specialized things like UV lights and electrostatic uh, display things. We bring in, you know, surgical gowns for some places that need it. And, and what we realized is it's a natural pivot for us that we think is something that's going to be able to be sustainable because our customers are prisons, cruise line, casinos, education venues. They're going to need this stuff. And we built up five decades of superior execution in service, sourcing, logistics, you know, and dependability. Our relationships are there, our reputation is there. It was a natural pivot. And as I sort of went through my Rolodex, I realized we're kind of well-placed for this anyway. And we've taken on some unique 
initiatives and opportunities. Um, and we're going to try and see if we can make this something that has some legs. Because like I said, I mean, people shouldn't have to pay 80, 90 and a, and a buck a mask. I mean, if your entire order is one little box of masks, there's freight and tax and there's only so much you can do. Right. So, mean, so for those watching and when this goes out to the social media, are you uh, supplying or, or selling just locally, nationally for those who, because some of us, like us, junior achievement, we will go back into that building and we'll need these supplies because I think that some of them are going to be part of our new norm for quite some time. So yeah. is this a local, uh, are you a local supplier or a national supplier? Yeah. And I we're, we're a national supplier. Good. We have the capabilities of doing it everywhere. And we're going to give good and fair pricing. And then what we do is we also offer flexibility because we understand that not everybody needs a thousand masks and a thousand gloves and a thousand this. So, so we offer people the ability to put together like kits and, and different things. Um, and we partner with communities, we partner with different organizations um, to allow them to put some stuff together. And this whole thing moved just so fast for us. I honestly, I don't even know if the website is up yet. It's gonna be new day care products. Cause unfortunately we're kind of living in a new day. Yeah. But that's kind of kind of how it's gonna be. I so love it. I if, love it, it. If, if it's not up today, it's gonna be up this week. Well, I'll tell you, if your pricing is good, there are going to be a lot of companies, I think, coming coming to you. I know for sure nonprofits, especially, which you're involved with through United Way. Um, those yeah. of us that are serving large numbers of people, children, we're going to need those products. So Absolutely. I'm glad that you have a chance to share that with everyone. Um, I, I appreciate the opportunity. You're yeah. not forgetting about the ice cream business, are you? No, well, that, not at all. Okay. I don't know. We, we, we have been promoting and we're having so much fun with the stuff from Noble. And I love seeing us get tagged in social media. The other day, someone ordered online up in New York and they tagged us. And I, and I, when, when I have time, I read these exchanges online and I'm reading, you know, I've abandoned so delicious. This is the best non-dairy I ever had. And underneath it's like me too. Uh -huh. And I mean like, and I love it, you know, and we're a dairy company that has stepped into that plant-based space. And we're the only dairy company that has fully embraced and launched a brand. Haagen-Dazs has a couple of flavors. Ben & Jerry's has a couple of flavors, but they're still under Haagen-Dazs. They're still under Ben & Jerry's. And the other guys in the space are not a moo and Oatly and so delicious. They're non-dairy guys. We're the only one that is a dairy company that has jumped full bore in and said, we're going to give you an entire brand and an entire line, and we're going to run straight down that hole. Right. We, we, just got, we just got vegan certified. The ingredients are non-GMO. We just submitted all our paperwork for that certification, but we can't put it on the package because that process can take six or eight months of vetting. So non-gmo ingredients but not non-gmo project certified because that process is a is a process right but, but you, you know people you eat it so eat, i'm sorry go ahead so i have to ask yes, so do you still is your favorite ice cream still with san fernando or is it now with noble 
Who are you loyal to? <laughs> I I am a servant to two masters, to be honest with you. Um, over time, I have ironically gotten to the point in my life that um, I eat less and less dairy for some health reasons. Um, I had some respiratory uh, some respiratory issues. I developed something called vocal cord dysfunction. So I'm a little bit a uh, little bit raspy, raspy in my throat. Um, and I've had to pretty much give up gluten and dairy as a result of it. And it's not we didn't develop the product because of my needs. But the way we approached developing because I knew about my gluten problem at the time, I didn't know about my sort of dairy sidebar. But we developed it. And our approach to it was just because you have limitations and restrictions, whether they're health based and you have to, or whether they're voluntary, and you embrace a vegan vegetarian, or plant based lifestyle for choice for environmental or, you know, or, or activism or, or whatever, you shouldn't have to sacrifice taste and quality. Right. And even though we're dairy guys by background, and there's always going to be a percentage of people that are going to say, we're not going to eat that brand because of that. And I respect that, right? There's nothing I can do about who we are and how we got here. But the reason that we nailed taste, texture, and the whole thing We've been making ice cream for 50 years. Exactly. You're we the expert. Should, you know. So then, of course, this is always my my final question to everyone. And so being in the dairy business especially, you know that there's a main ingredient, right, for ice cream. What is your main ingredient to success? Do the right thing. That's it. Oh, I love it. Do the right thing. I mean, and, and you know, Steve, uh, Steve Nudelberg is the gentleman who introduced us. And I've been saying that to him since we first met, and and it's one of the reasons that we that we clicked. Because at the bottom line is, if you make a decision to do the right thing, it usually should work itself out. We set out to make, for example, a non-dairy product that mirrored, mimicked, and tasted right mouthfeel, texture, creaminess, taste as close to ice cream as we can do it. So it's not going to be the cheapest ingredient profile product that's out there. It took a little bit, it was more than a year of researching it. So there's things that had to go in it. So it wasn't, what's the fastest product we can make? It's not the right thing to do. What's the cheapest product we can make? It's not the right thing to do. And sometimes, as an example, you have to eat a little bit of margin on the back end because you want a certain retail price. Sometimes doing the right thing isn't the best thing for the company in an immediate or a global sense, right? Doing the right thing is, you know, what's the right thing to get the product to where you want it to be? What's the right thing for your employees? Just the, the way that I answered it to my, uh, to, the, to the gentleman who runs my, my marketing, when he's like, well, what's sort of your, your ethos? And I was just like, do the right thing. And he's like, well, what does that mean? And I was like, I feel like that answers itself. If you have to ask, are right. we doing the right thing? You've answered your own question and you're not. Because exactly. it really shouldn't be gray. Well, I love that. And I think, listen, after now, you know, speaking with you a few times, it's obvious to see that you are 
committed to doing the right thing, not only for your people, for your company, for our community through your work with Project Lifeline and United Way, um, for your family. And so I truly uh, admire that. And I think it is a value that we need more of these days. And so thank you for that. Thank you for your commitment to that. So Jonathan, one thing for sure, we will share. Uh, No, Bo, I am definitely going to Whole Foods to get uh, some. I I definitely have to try this. And so my son also sometimes has that little bit of allergy to dairy products. So we're going to try it. Um, But I also want to get the PPE information out there. So we, once that website is up, let us know so that we can share that with our followers. If if it's not today, it'll be tomorrow. Like they're, they've been, they've been working around the clock to get it, uh, to get it finished. And with the Noble, so Whole, Whole Foods carries four flavors. We do have eight. So if you're not in Florida or you want like our peanut butter or our camera apple pie mm-hmm. or some of the stuff that Whole Foods does not carry, it's eatnobowl.com. And you ship it? We do. Individually? Like if I just want two containers? Like a, a six or an eight pack will ship. We can't ship one or two. Right. Styrofoam and a dry ice and the logistics of it just becomes too, too right. hard or expensive. But we'll do a six or an eight pack. Well, I love it. Do the right thing and no bull. I just, I love both both those sayings. Uh, so if you are interested in plant-based ice cream, check out no bull uh, over at Whole Foods if you're here in South Florida. And Jonathan, it has been absolutely a pleasure. Um, I know we will continue to stay in touch. Uh, Definitely. Anything we can do to help to get the word out there on PPE absolutely. products, we and, will and- and next time when you have me back, which hopefully you will, um, we can do a little bit more questions sort of on uh, straight up old school entrepreneurship, if you want. And some, of the, things, some of the things I did wrong when I started my first company, um, the fines I got for forgetting to pay local licensing fees and all <laughs> those fun kinds of things. So I would love yeah, to. Absolutely. We love to do. And also, I'd love to get you in front of our students to talk about those things because absolutely. I think yeah. our entrepreneurial students now understand the struggles that it takes to start and run and manage a company. 100%. And I think your story would be really resonate for them. So, I appreciate yes, definitely. Have an amazing day. Uh, and good luck in everything you're doing and you and I will stay in touch for sure. Thank you. Yes, definitely. We'll talk again. Have a great week. Thanks for having me. Thanks everyone for watching and I'll see you on the next episode of JA's Recipe for Success. Have an amazing day, everyone.